Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Discerninghearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love with Monsignor John Essig. Monsignor Essig is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Mother Teresa. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essig encountered St. Padre Pio, who became a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the pontifical missions a Catholic organization established by St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, sisters, and seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. I would love to talk about joy. And happiness. Are they the same thing, Monsignor? Yeah, really. The word blessed means happy, joyful. It's a, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. When we uh, fulfill the will of God, there will be happiness and there will be peace. Probably the one of the most beautiful expressions of joy are the Beatitudes. When Jesus said, blessed are you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It goes very much against the spirit of the world. You know, uh, where they're very, Mm -hmm. it seems, you know, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be consoled. Blessed are those who are meek. You know, we would think, well, the ones who are blessed are those who are dominating others. No, it's the meek, for Mm. they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are they who are merciful, for mercy shall be theirs. As they go on, they increase in what the world would think of as being joyful. You know, we, mm-hmm. when you actually go to the final one, blessed are you who are persecuted for the sake of justice, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. That, that is really contradictory to the way we see blessedness. One time, little Francis was walking with his little band of uh, poor uh, monks, and they were discussing joy. And they said, Francis, what is perfect joy? And then said, oh, well, if we were to preach and all of Assisi would be converted, is that perfect joy? Francis said, no, I don't think so. And well, another one came up and said, if we were to preach and all of Italy would be converted to Jesus, that would be perfect joy. Francis said, no, I don't think so. What would be perfect joy, Father Francis? He said, and they were out, it was raining, they were hungry. And he said, if we were to go up to that uh, palace here, and we were to knock on the door and beg for food, and they were to throw us in the mud and kick us out, and we were to be laying there in the mud, we could really and truly be perfectly joyful in our hearts. Blessed are they who are insulted and rejected 
and cast out. And so his perfect joy, when you could be happy in those kind of circumstances and really joyful, not not kidding, when when you can be rejected, and, and Francis saw that kind of of life in his in his life. That was that Jesus was the interior and deepest source of his of his joy. I must say, I, I, I'm not there at all. But when I could have that kind of happiness, when I'm rejected, and I, I, I feel happy about it, because I can suffer for the sake of the kingdom, and that the deeper and the deeper that joy comes, then I know the deepest source of the joy is God who is within us. Blessed are you, happy are you. And I have found people who have come to that kind of joy. It's very interesting uh, how we have been given standards of what brings us happiness and uh, riches, pleasure, fame, honor, and they can so easily be taken away. Mm. But the other things that we could be stripped of when we are meek and poor and mourning, when we have in the, in the midst of that an interior life that will bring us happiness and joy. You know, we could talk very easily, and it is kind of easy to talk about. Jesus lives within me. He, Christ, is in me. And he, Christ, is in you, every one of us who is baptized. But his life, which is within us, is the same as the pattern which we talked about. He lives the Paschal mystery each and every day in this world that Christ in me and in you wants to, desires to live the will of his Father, which is the way we were designed to live, this beatitude, which are expressed. Blessed are you, blessed are you. When you can live in Christ in this way, you are indeed blessed. And so when my happiness comes through him and from him and in him, that is actually our calling. I am called to be Christ in the world today. And when I allow him and permit him who is in me to live this life, then I live no longer, as Paul said, but Christ lives in me. One of the deepest ways by which, and I find this tested in me, is uh, is forgiveness and is to love in the midst of those who on an everyday level tend to hurt me. One of our brothers died. I was, I met another brother, a priest, and I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, I was praying for this priest brother of mine and who died, and I had a mass for him. Oh, him, he said. Yeah, he was so overweight, and actually, he shouldn't be dead at all. He's just fat. All he did in his whole lifetime was eat and eat, talk on the phone, and just have a life that was so easy for him. Never did a sacrificial thing in his life. (laughs) Now, the point is not the one who died, but the man I was talking to. 
And I, I was mm-hmm. looking at him in in his anger. He had, he had anger. And he actually also had something very bitter against this particular priest. And when we live in a state of unforgiveness, when we live in a state, that attitude that we have of judgment, of anger, of unforgiveness towards someone, as I just saw this man so angry, and so rejecting of his brother, I thought, how unhappy. And I I really, I could just feel the oozing and anger coming from him. So I I just listened and uh, was thinking about this very subject of of happiness. Uh, The person that I'm describing is probably one of the most unhappy people. Haven't you met people like that? I have, Monsignor, and I... I'm so sad to say that I've been one of those persons where there is a wound or an anger that it almost becomes a part of our identity. I'm just, I'm always going to be angry at this person. But it's not really the person, is it, that you're angry with. There's something else, so there's something else going on there, but yet so much easier to put it all on that person. What I get from this, you know, I, I too have been there. All the, every day mm-hmm. in somewhat of a way. How am I there where I heard this? When I cease to be in union with Jesus, that be attitude, the attitude that I have within me of being Christ 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I separate from maybe for an hour. Maybe, maybe a thought comes about someone so that I may judge them. And for that hour, I click back inside myself, and that leaves me 23 hours of happiness, but an hour of misery. Mm-hmm. But when I live it, you know, in, in another way, maybe what happens is I have 15 hours of sadness and maybe just a few hours of joy. See, I, I think it's the, the attitude that permits me to live in a state of joy or happiness or in a state of anger, self-centeredness, and complete misery and turmoil within myself. See, what happens is, why does Jesus give us the law of love as being the most perfect law? Because that's how he lived. And that's how he lives and wants to live in us. And that's how I have a potential to live. I can actually live in that Christ attitude. That can be my attitude, the be attitude, when I live this way. So I can be joyful and happy pretty much my whole day. And when I'm out of that state, uh, I'm, I'm pretty miserable. Because I'm, I'm coming back to myself, and then I start feeding myself instead of uh, wanting to feed others. Is that why the, the saints are always recommending to anyone who falls into that kind of state to start serving others? Yes. yes. To get yourself out of yourself. <laughs> well, and we can do it in, in different ways. We can do it by prayer. Uh-huh. We, can get, we can make the correction by prayer or an act of kindness. But either way, 
to get to get out of that foul mood. Um, and one of the chief ways that I find myself and others falling into it is not to forgive others. Do you notice in the Our Father with regard to the prayer, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Interiorly, what knocks us out of that union with Christ is unforgiveness. It's a very uh, deep characteristic that I have uh, to not forgive, to not have that attitude, the be attitude that Jesus had toward his Father, infinite love, and toward others, infinite love and forgiveness. Now, my happiness, when I, when I meet a brother like I met this morning, who is so judgmental, so angry, so unforgiving, the problem there is he is unhappy. Even in death, he can't forgive his brother. Now, can he do that? Sure he can. You may be angry with someone like your dad who hurt you and beat you when you were a child. You may still carry in you a wound from a father who neglected you, rejected you, or abandoned you when you were a child. Mm -hmm. People who have this unforgiveness, and so many of us, I met so many people who have father wounds, their whole lives are draped with the misery and unhappiness of carrying a wound against their father. And, and how important it is that forgiveness and love, which Jesus has in that, in that prayer, forgive us as we forgive. Could it be that the source of my unhappiness is that I haven't forgiven my mother for what she did to me or how she's hurt me? And that deep in my heart, I carry with me an unhappy psychologist. They, they may help me understand it, but only Jesus can help me change it and heal that mother wound that I carry. Maybe one of the miseries that I may be walking around with is the misery of an ex-spouse. I had so wanted to find happiness when I walked down that aisle with this person and committed myself to him. And so often we find in this life the betrayal by an adulterous husband. And it's, it's there. It occurs. But I have a power. Forgive me as I forgive. Does that wound have to continue to bleed and bleed? Am I doomed to be unhappy for the right? Not at all. Blessed are they who forgive. Blessed are you, and you will be happy, and you will find a happiness in your heart. You are not doomed to be a person of short temper, anger, and judgment about your neighbor. Because what, what goes against that one person can wash over on everyone else. And I build a wall around my heart so that I don't trust anyone because of having been hurt by a, a difficult marriage. So many of us walk around very unhappy. We're Christians and we're followers of Jesus and we've received the divine life. And he is in me. And he who is in me is greater than any power in the world. 
and I in him and through him and with him can forgive. But there is first some of us who carry and walk around with a bitterness and anger toward myself. Over and over again, I, I find in my own heart as a sinner and the hearts of others that I may have done something in my life that I never forgave myself for. I always remember the story of a, in my life, and she gave me permission to share it, of, of a woman who had an abortion. And uh, she came and she called me the day that the child was supposed to be a year old. She had aborted the child in its fifth month. But on that date, there was the due date of its birth. And it was a baby boy weeping and sobbing and so miserable at what had happened. He would have been a year old today. And I remember the this pain and the suffering. And God, in his love, forgave her. And through the sacrament of reconciliation, she came to the feet of the Lord, who understood the pain and, and went through it with her. And even though she killed her baby, God's divine mercy is infinite. A sin that I commit is finite. And his infinite love forgave her. But the very next year, on the very date, she called again. And the tears continued. What would he have looked like? He would be two years old. And something reminded her of this with regard to being two. And some child that she saw who was two years old. And what would he have looked like? Again, the weeping and the weeping. You see, the year before was the sin that I committed of abortion. But the second year was the sin that I commit because I didn't forgive myself. Yes, God, you have infinite love, but I'm better than you are, is what you're saying. You forgave me, but I hold myself to a higher standard, which is pride. That's what it is. It's not a virtue. When I don't forgive myself, Lord, I forgive myself for my sins, faults, and failings, for all that is bad in myself. Look at myself. That I think is bad in me. How many who who just reject themselves? Maybe you belong to Overeaters Anonymous. Or maybe you belong to Alcoholics Anonymous. I reject myself. I think of myself as bad. Pray I forgive myself for my delving into superstition, using Ouija boards, going to seances, maybe things in the past of going to fortune tellers, wearing lucky charms, all the things that you did that were superstitious in the past, which you now are aware of is a sin against the first commandment. And I choose you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I forgive myself for all my sins, whatever has been done in the past. And so many of us carry terrible wounds 
where we inflict them on ourselves. And our source of unhappiness is my rejection of myself. Sometimes in, in the glimpses of the Holy Spirit, I, I, see, I see myself for what I am. And the tendency there is to reject myself, which is not of God. That is not humility. To reject oneself is not humble. But to see myself, it, it can be remorse. But I'm the source of the unhappiness and the sadness because of how bad I am. You see, if you continue to really see who you are, and if I continue to choose to look at who I am, I'm really not bad. I'm worse than I think I am. Mm. And yet not to God. What is the truth about me and my true I? I am Christ in the world. Do you want to see to the depth of me? True humility is to see that God has chosen me to be his daughter and sees in me the same beauty that he sees in Jesus. That's true humility. True humility is to know who I really am. And that's joy. Recognizing the infinite love is beyond what we could comprehend about ourselves. I am beautiful to God. And that's true. The particularity that is Chris McGregor, that person, there was never anyone just like you from Adam and Eve until now, nor will there be for the rest of, for the rest of life in this world. So that particular person that he breathed into you, you know, that fertilized egg, which was contributed by your biological father and mother, cooperating with God. And when he blew into you, that particular soul, that person never was before. So it isn't your, just your fingerprint that's unique, but you as you are. And, and what a magnificent gift you are to the whole world to truly see myself not only as God's creature, but as God's daughter. Thought of before the world began, before the foundation of the world, because this whole world wouldn't be complete without you. From the beginning of time until the end, what is my joy to become that person as he designed me? So the work that John Esof has is simply to become John Esof. And so your work, as you listen to this, who are you? Asking God to help you begin to see, because it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit where you can begin to look into the depths of your being. Look into your heart and your mind and your thoughts. There's no one just like you. And to embrace that, you're the only person that you can be. And so many of us put up uh, facades, masks that others see, but it isn't who we really are interiorly. To, to take off the mask, 
to pull down the facade and to reveal to God and to others your beauty is joy. And it, it, it radiates through you each and every day. Happiness and joy is what you were made for. And the more I begin to allow myself to be who I really am in front of others and to take the risk of just being myself, to reveal that inner self, that, that being who I am in, in an unashamed way, to love myself. And all of us have those particular wounds, just like Jesus, and they can become glorious. Did you notice about Jesus as he appears in the resurrection? He, he never allowed the wounds to heal over. They're, they're glorious. And all of the mystics who have seen the risen Lord, his wounds are radiant. He wears them like jewels. He could have had the wounds healed over, but forever the risen Lord will have five glorious wounds. And my wounds also are going to become glorious when I allow him to heal the woundedness that I have. His precious blood to flow over me, to cleanse me, to purify me, to free me. Here I am, Lord, with Jesus, suffering and dying, and now glorious, coming forth from the tomb of my own sinfulness, my own brokenness, my own death. He is risen, not only in that body that he received from Mary, but in me and in you. And this world of ours wants to begin to experience the risen Lord. The re-evangelization that we are calling for and that is coming is because what's popping out all over this world, holy ones, the saints, are coming forth. Not only the saints that have been canonized in the past, but the beautiful people that we will meet along the way. Glorious ones, which we can be to each other. And any other one you know that's going to radiate Christ has suffered, has died, and is risen. When we say he is risen, he is truly risen. He is risen in his body, the church today, and glorifying and radiant in new life. Hopefully through John S. of two and through Chris McGregor. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much, Monsignor. What a great way to start the day. Thank you. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation 
which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections, with Monsignor John Essef.